Welcome to Trinity on Tap, the New Testament, a podcast series brought to you by Trinity College Queensland, presented by Dr. John Frederick. Well, this is 5.4, the gospel of the Lord, salvation by God's faithfulness alone. This is the conclusion to our Trinity on Tap New Testament series. In this conclusion, I want to focus on Paul's prayer in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. There he prays that God would completely sanctify the Thessalonians. Now, this could make Christians really nervous. How far are we from perfect, right? Very far. But in the short verse that follows, we find the essence of another thread of theology that binds the Bible together. Namely, that ultimately our salvation rests not on the perfection of our own faith, but on the perfect faithfulness of Jesus Christ. You see, our faith can ebb and flow. It can err and vacillate. Yet the faithfulness of God is always secure, always sufficient, and always able to offer salvation for all people through the faithful obedience of Jesus Christ. In this episode, we're going to conclude by tracing this theme through the New Testament and remembering that the faith, hope, and love that we rejoiced in in episode one is only good news because it rests firmly on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ alone. Salvation is indeed by grace through faith. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is this. Even our unfaithfulness cannot nullify the faithfulness of God. Hear the word of the Lord from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 23 through 26. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, may your soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all of God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And that's how Paul ends the epistle to the Thessalonians. Notice here that Paul's desire is not that we would sanctify ourselves making ourselves holy, making ourselves blameless by a power that resides in our own resolve, in our own self-generated exertion. No, Paul says that God himself will sanctify us completely. I mean, recall what Paul has said elsewhere in Colossians 1, 25 through 28. I became a servant of the gospel according to God's commission. That commission was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery that was hidden throughout the ages and generations, but that's now been revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we might present everyone complete 
or mature or perfect in Christ. For this purpose, I toil and struggle with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. Remember also this same basic idea which occurs in Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good pleasure. God empowers us to walk in holiness. God empowers us to walk in the newness of life by his spirit, by his energy, by his power. When we respond in love and in faithfulness, we become like the faithful God who is love. From the beginning, Christian theology has rightly emphasized the centrality of faith in Jesus Christ as a core component to the gospel. Those who place their faith in Christ are referred to as believers. And many have grown up, you know, memorizing the verses like Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, which state that salvation is the gift of God and that believers are saved by grace through faith and not from works, lest anyone should boast. Yet, as right as this is, and as right as it sounds, the end result is that most Christians believe that we're saved by our own faith. But if you think about it, that puts massive pressure on the concept of faith. I mean, what if my faith is not correct enough? What if my faith is not pure enough? What if my faith is not able to persevere? What if I doubt and I die doubting? Can God save me even though the status of my faith is uncertain? You know, when we emphasize our own faith, our trust in God is built upon the foundation of ourselves instead of God. It's built upon something we do instead of something he has done for us. So, I mean, what? Am I saying you know, that our own personal faith in God is unimportant? Not at all. It's supremely important, as this podcast series has shown time and time again. Yet as we conclude this series, I really want to leave you with a word of encouragement, a word of comfort. Our own shifting, imperfect, unpredictable faith is not meant to function as the basis for our confidence in God. The basis of our confidence is not our faith. It's God's faithfulness to us. The faithfulness of God is the firm foundation of our faith, not the quality or status or complete correctness of our own personal faith at any particular time. The power of our faith is in the person it points to, Jesus Christ. Thus, biblical faith is less like a scientist's calculated theories about an abstract principle and more like a young child's trust in the goodwill and wisdom of their parents. Faith is about relational trust in God, not absolute, unwavering, perpetual intellectual certainty about everything related to God. A few years ago, we took the training wheels off my son Liam's Spider-Man bike. 
we made our way down to a beautiful park in Tawang. And within one session, he was able to ride just for, you know, little short bursts without the training wheels all on his own. In order for this to work, however, he had to trust me. Now, prior to the training session, I did not give him, you know, an exhaustive list detailing my credentials as a skilled cyclist. He didn't take a class on the physics of cycling. You know, I didn't have to show off my own prowess as a bicycle mechanic, taking the bike apart, reassembling it, so that my son could gain a comprehensive, hands-on knowledge of how a bicycle works. Thank God, by the way, because the last time I attempted to assemble a bike, it ended in an episode of shame and emasculation. I recall gazing on my daughter Zoe's Barbie bicycle, tassels and all that, and I had to return it to Target to have a pro complete it after my failed attempt at assembling it. Man, if you think IKEA furniture is rough, try putting together the Barbie bike. It will break you. It will crush your soul. It will leave you in the ashes of nothingness. It will severely hinder your sanctification. But no, thank God, Liam didn't ask me for schematics or for explanations or for qualifications. He trusted me. He placed his faith in me that I wouldn't let him fall, that I would be there with him, that I would protect him, that I'd guide him. He trusted me because of who I am and because of who he knows me to be, a father who's past faithfulness to him has been consistent and compassionate and dependable. He trusted me not because of my qualifications, but because of my character. So it is with him, and so it is meant to be with us. In Romans 3.22, we read that God's righteousness, his faithfulness to his covenant promises, comes through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ for all who believe. Likewise, in Galatians 2 verse 20, Paul bases his entire Christian life on God's faithfulness through Jesus Christ. Paul writes this amazing thing. Hear the words of Paul. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. Also in 2 Timothy 2 verse 13, we hear a similar thing. Scripture testifies that if we are faithless, God remains faithful, for God cannot deny himself. The popular worship song, Yes and Amen, beautifully captures uh, the heart of this biblical faith. The lyrics exclaim, I will rest in your promises. My confidence is in your faithfulness. So as we conclude this time of study and fellowship together, I want to invite you to rest. You can have assurance now. You can have peace with God now. You can rest in the saving power of God and the gospel now. Not because of who you are 
or how meticulously religious you can be, but because of how good God is and because of how hard he fought to save you. Grow in the faith. Seek to be faithful and obedient to God through his word. Seek to worship him. Seek to study God within the faith once delivered to the saints. Through the rule of faith, which comes to us through Holy Scripture, the word of God written. But rest. And just as you rest in the salvation of God by grace through faith, may his faithfulness stir you on to be restless in the face of the despair of this world, that you might be restlessly at work by the power and might of the faithful God so that you can see the whole world transformed from its present brokenness into the image of its future blessedness. God is faithful. He will do it. He will do it through you. He will do it through us. So may the peace of the Lord be with you always. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. This podcast was brought to you by Trinity College Queensland. Honest answers to tough questions. Visit trinity.qld.edu.au to learn more.